What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today as we continue our conversation in discussion through the book of Mark. Today, we're going to be in Mark chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. My name is Blake Garner. Uh, my wife and I, Catherine, have been members at New Vision for about nine years now. If you don't know me, there's probably a little bit better chance you know my wife. And if you hopped on here thinking, oh, I'm going to listen to my favorite New Vision staff member, my favorite New Vision pastor, and you got me, and you're thinking, who in the world is this guy? I get it. Uh, but hang on, hang with me. We're going to talk about a very familiar story to a lot of us. It's the story of the death of John the Baptist. Uh, at first blush, it's really a tragic story, and it is a tragic story. It's a violent story. It's of his beheading. And if you're like me, you may think, what am I going to learn from this? What can I take away other than thinking about how sad this story is? And I got to be honest, that's kind of what I thought. I thought, why am I being asked to pinch hit? Well, it's because nobody wants to talk about John the Baptist and his beheading. Um, but I think there are some unique things, some neat things in the circumstances around his death, what's going on uh, behind the scenes, if you will, that I think we can uh, learn from, we can apply, we can kind of chew on a little bit. So let's unpack this together. Let's jump right in uh, again. Mark chapter 6, 14 through 29. I'm going to read through this. Pause along the way. A little bit, but let's dive right in. All right, verse 14. Now King Herod heard of him, for his name had become well known, and he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. Others said it is Elijah, and others said it is the prophet or like one of the prophets. But when Herod heard, he said, this is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. All right, so let's pause real quick. Obviously, he's talking about Jesus. Um, that's who he'd heard of. And so this Scripture comes right after Jesus had kind of sent out his disciples, if you will, given them some power to do some really miraculous type things. And Jesus's ministry had been growing. Uh, the story of who Jesus is, the power that he's wielding, kind of the miraculous things he's been doing are starting to gain steam. And ultimately, Herod, uh, this king, this powerful king, hears about him. And it's unique here, interesting here, that his first thought is, well, this is John the Baptist, a guy that I beheaded, and he's come back. He's been risen from the dead. So kind of kind of unique to think that John the Baptist had this incredible power over Herod that he's still thinking about him after he's killed him. Uh, he's concerned that he's come back uh, from the dead. So let's jump back in verse 17 now. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore, Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just and holy man, and he protected him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. All right, second pause here. Um, we see this you know, crazy backstory that Herod married his brother's wife. So if you're following the family tree there, that would be his sister-in-law, right? Obviously not something that you should do. And we see here that Herod was told by John the Baptist, this isn't right. Uh, he's telling him plainly, this is not lawful. You should not marry your brother's wife. And Herodias, uh, the wife in this story, is really upset, um, you know, wants him dead. But 
Herod, on the other hand, fears John. Uh, he knows he's a just man. He's kind of interested in him. He's protecting him, whatever that means. I think it just means that he sort of watched him, uh, you know, oversaw him a little bit. He It says in verse 20 that when he heard him, and, and again, what he heard him do was calling him out on his sin. He's, he's rebuking him. He's convicting him for this plain, uh, you know, terrible sin that he's committed. But Herod's response is that he hears him gladly. Uh, other translations say he enjoyed listening to him or he was interested in listening to him. So kind of interesting here to get a glimpse of what's going on with Herod behind the scenes, what's going on in his heart, uh, maybe a little bit of a wrestling with conviction, possibly starting to grow a little bit in Herod's heart. So let's keep going. Verse 21, then an opportune day came when Herod on his birthday gave a feast for his nobles, the high officers and the chief men of Galilee. And when Herodias, daughter herself came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. He also swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom. So not only has Herod, you know, married his sister-in-law and committed, you know, that sin. Here he is with his, I guess if you're following the tree, his niece, uh, who's dancing for him, pleasing him, and he's he's just so drunk at this party with lust and maybe alcohol that he's willing to just give her whatever up to half of his kingdom. And I don't think here we're talking about the Macarena. I think this is you know a promiscuous kind of lustful type thing. That's happening, and so kind of another window into his, um, you know, his sin, Herod's sin here. All right, verse twenty-four. So he went out, and he—I'm sorry, she went out, talking about Herodias' daughter, and said to her mother, "What, what shall I ask?" And she said, "The head of John the Baptist." Immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, "I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter." And the king was exceedingly sorry. Yet because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately, the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. All right. So a couple of things to unpack here. And. Obviously, a very tragic story, a violent story, a beheading at a birthday party. Uh, I mean, this is almost like a crazy movie scene, uh, something that's hard to really make up. But there are a few things that are really interesting here. One being, I think we see the truth, I'm sorry, the power of truth and conviction in Herod's life. Um, John, here's this lowly kind of odd guy. If you've been listening to this podcast or you know about John the Baptist, you know, kind of a lowly, unique man doesn't have a lot of power at this point. Uh, he's imprisoned by Herod and he's calling out Herod's sin. He, he's rebuking him. He's speaking plainly to him. I mean, there's no dancing around the issue. You know, we don't see John the Baptist saying, hey, I'd like to have a, a, a private conversation with Herod and I'd like to, you know, hey, Herod, this may be bad. I don't know. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, but this could be something that you, maybe you want to think about. You know, maybe you shouldn't have married your brother's wife. Uh, maybe that wasn't a great idea. No, uh, we see here that John's calling him out plainly. Uh, he, he's speaking truth. He's speaking conviction into Herod's life. And so the response is also interesting. Look back at verse 20. You know, Herod is listening gladly. He enjoys listening. He's interested in listening to John. And he's interested in this conviction, uh, you know, interested in this rebuking that's going on. And so maybe we see a little bit of a glimpse here that Herod maybe got closer to repentance 
than we would think. Uh, I mean, Herod obviously uh, is not a good guy in the Bible. He's, he doesn't play, his story doesn't end well, right? I mean, he plays a role in sending Jesus to Pilate ultimately. Uh, obviously, he, you know, instructed for John the Baptist to be beheaded. Um, but we see here that he just couldn't cease from his sin. He couldn't cease from the lust uh, the sin in his life, and ultimately that that had dire consequences, uh, both both for John the Baptist, and then ultimately there's a connection here with Jesus' crucifixion. So, kind of interesting. Uh, his conscience af- appears to have been like afflicted at some point. You know, he was interested in repentance. He was interested maybe in the gospel, uh, but he chose his lust and his sin, and we see kind of the consequences of that. So, Secondly, uh, I think we see here just the boldness of John. Again, a guy that doesn't have a lot of power, doesn't have authority necessarily from a worldly perspective, and yet he's calling out a powerful king, and he's just doing it uh, boldly. He's doing it plainly, like I said a minute ago. And so I think that's something that's interesting is he doesn't make excuses for it. He doesn't jump around it. Uh, he speaks the truth regardless of the consequences. He had to have known that there were going to be potential consequences, Yet he spoke, uh, you know, spoke with power, spoke with authority, and rebuked Herod for the things that he was doing. So um, I think that's just something interesting that you know, there's a way to do that lovingly, right? Um, there's a way to rebuke sin lovingly, but there's also some value we see here in just doing it plainly, uh, following John's example. Um, and obviously, hopefully, we don't. Ultimately, there's a low risk of us being beheaded, but. Taking that example, uh, taking um, you know some encouragement for John that he knew the consequences of his actions, but he did it anyways because he understood the value of it. He understood the value in Herod knowing um, the truth of his sin and the truth of what repentance could do for him. So next we see, lastly, I think we see just the little reward that John the Baptist gets on this side of heaven, right? Uh, I mean, you've got a guy here that, is a servant of Jesus. He plays this important kind of incredible role in Jesus' ministry. He baptizes Jesus. People think he is Jesus, right? And then the juxtaposition of that versus his just horrible death, uh, you know, be, being beheaded uh, at a at a birthday party. Uh, again, just a horrible, horrible, tragic thing. Um, and he just knew. I think we have to See how John knew that his reward was not in heaven. There's there's nothing in here about John, uh, you know, doubting. There, there's nothing in this story about John trying to to ask, at, you know, pleading for his life at the end. No, I, I think John knew that his reward uh, was not in this uh, on this planet, and I think that's something that we can take encouragement from. We can see how boldly John lived his life despite knowing the consequences. So. Lastly, we see here the disciples, you know, taking his body. You know, obviously they've had to have been massively weary at this point um, and just drained, right? I mean, to see a guy that was so important in the story of Jesus's uh, ministry just be beheaded. And so we're going to see next week, Cloud, I think, is going to talk the next verse. I think it's verse 30 or verse 31 that Jesus sort of acknowledges in light of everything going on, that his followers, his disciples needed rest. Uh, he tells them to go get rest. You know, let's let's get away for a minute. So kind of the value of rest on the other side of that, I think, is pretty interesting. So, but anyways, thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, enjoyed being with you and hope you have a great day. 
Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.